Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. I'm super excited and a long-awaited episode. I know a lot of people have been asking for this one to introduce probably the most successful bikini girl in the UK last year, at least from what I've seen, um, is the one and only Charlotte from Team LRF. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for asking me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here too. Not a problem. It's uh, an episode that I know a lot of the, a lot of the female listeners were asking me to, to try and set up. I know they'll be buzzing to hear about it. However, there's maybe some listeners out there who um, have just joined and I don't know much about bodybuilding. So what I'd love you to do is um, give a, a very thorough introduction to yourself within the bodybuilding, you know, where it started, the whole rigmarole right up until till now, maybe coaching as well, um, just so we can get a real understanding of, of who you are and what you're about. Okay. How long have you got? <laughs> As long as you want. A cup of tea <laughs> <laughs> or a coffee, maybe. Um, so I had a little bit of experience in before. Let's go way back. So before I started looking to compete, I was probably training. Um, pretty, I was pretty bang on with training. I wouldn't say so bang on with diet and nutrition, um, but I was pretty bang on with training. Uh, and I feel like this is a key factor in how I've been so successful so soon um I'm not where I want to be yet but um, I definitely need to give myself a pat on the back yeah. um so I had a good solid base of training for probably two to three years and I wouldn't say that I was following a training plan but I was in the gym five to six days a week weight training um and it was like a three lower two upper and then I'd sometimes do a little extra if I felt like it um session five to six days and that is definitely a key point I didn't just um like ball in after like kind of just getting into the gym um so I did have a, a pretty solid base and foundation of uh like muscle there which definitely definitely helped me um so yes so that's my sort of background before I sort of kind of got in, into competing. I'd have been training pretty consistently. I had been a little bit of a party gal <laughs> going out, enjoying myself. Um, once it had been on my radar already, uh, like sort of looking to compete, I knew that I had quite a good structure for it. A few people had told me. Um, before I even started training, I was always quite broad in the shoulders. Um, people used to ask me if I was a swimmer and I'd be like, no, <laughs> I've just got broad shoulders. Um, and now I'm like, yes, I've got broad shoulders. <laughs> I used to hate it. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, it was on my radar, but I just wasn't ready to commit to giving it like 100%, which yeah. I was just too busy enjoying myself, basically. Yeah. Still love training, had that cool, like, that was my big hobby and I was really majorly into it and I was known as like a gym girl already I just wasn't uh committed enough to give up like enjoying myself at the weekend um once I'd done with that I got a bit bored of that <laughs> I um then decided to sign up to be coached by Rob so I was training out of LRF Ashford um already so uh, it kind of was just a natural like progression to be coached by Rob I followed him on Instagram and I knew what um like how successful he was as a coach and obviously as a bikini coach and that would be the my category so it was kind of a no-brainer like I can see him in person if I want to I know him blah 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 it's not some weirdo that I've never met before I'm sending him pictures of me in my pants <laughs> that's debatable um, <laughs> um so signed up with Rob um and then we went into a bit of a building phase this was like in November 2019 
uh, went into a, a bit of a short kind of increase my calories kind of phase for November and December. And then I started prep for PCA first timers. Uh, this was meant to be 2020. Um, and got all the way obviously through that and then it was like whatever it was 10 days out or two weeks out and unfortunately the whole covid that yeah. word <laughs> the, the covid happened and um it got cancelled and i was devastated <laughs> and i mean devastated like i had never put so much into something and wanted to succeed at something so much um and not only was that show taken away from me but I now had like well not no job I was just put on furlough so effectively no job no gym I was training in my garden <laughs> and I just was like devastated my mum was like what is wrong with you because I was like a bit hysterical about it to be honest <laughs> when I first found out about it I um yeah it was not cool I was actually doing cardio I remember when it happened and I was like oh my god is this serious but I finished the cardio anyway <laughs> um so then we sort of obviously went into lockdown I was training in my garden that old shebang everyone kind of did that didn't they um well most people um and then that was like a mini off season again um if you want to call it that uh trying to preserve I suppose muscle that I had I had a barbell and some dumbbells so I wasn't as like hard done by as a lot of people were um and then we prepped and I competed with two bros it was just kind of where it went. Um, it was kind of just like these dates. I think it was like that was the first show and it was like, I want to compete. <laughs> first opportunity that I have, I want to compete. So um, that's kind of how it went from looking at doing PCA to then going with two bros. Um, so I did that first show um, and I entered the juniors, the, well, the beginners, the juniors and my height class. Yeah. And I won each class, which was like ridiculous. Um, like I knew, I knew I was good. Like, and I don't think that's like a big headed thing to say. Um, I just knew that I, I knew I was going to do well. Um, I didn't expect to do that well <laughs> with it being my first show. Um, I kind of thought like, yeah, I've definitely got this with the beginners because I felt like I had a more developed physique than a lot of other yeah. first time athletes just from, like I said earlier, that, that base of um, muscle and kind of that foundation that I'd already built there. I, I felt like I had was kind of like a bit ahead of the game almost. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was really successful in that show. And then there was like a four week gap between that and uh, a pro qualifier. So that was the Ben Weeder. Um, so I did that four week gap and that was horrific. <laughs> I hate that. Hated that gap. I would not do any more than three weeks now. Um, because anyone who has done a gap, a big gap, um, like four weeks doesn't sound like that long, but when you're on prep, like it's not cool. It's not cool. Um, so yeah, three weeks is my maximum now. Anyway, so I did that show and I did the junior class and the open class. Um, I came first in the juniors again, and I actually came fourth in the open class. I um, was well guided about that because obviously I'd done so well at the first show. Um, I definitely felt like like that was the placing that I deserved 100%. I wasn't, um, I didn't feel on point at that show. I was a little bit unwell in peak week, the leading up to it. 
Um, so anyway, I just wasn't looking my best basically. And it was the end of the season. And um, I was like, okay, I'm finished. <laughs> I'm ready to ready to finish now. Um, just because that four week gap was like, yeah, not cool for me. <laughs> I was not happy with that. Um, so yeah, called it a day with that. Then we went into off season, um, uh, kind of mini off season to be honest, because I was only really in off season. So that show was in October. So I had October. That was the start of October. So I had October, November, December, and then we started dieting again for the first shows of 2021 yeah you did the you did the mk classic right yes yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember i was there and chatting to rob and you, i remember you were you're on stage yeah yeah so i actually did a show before then um the the ben weeder yeah the first um was it the ben weeder so that that one was the week before the ben weeder i think I think yeah. right, right? I know that I did a pro qualifier first because I was qualified to oh, yeah. one. Yeah, um, you're, right. you're right. I'm not sure if it was the Ben Weeder or whatever, but anyway, I know I did a pro qualifier first and then I had to do a regional again. Um, so, yes, I had my little mini off season, started dieting down. Um, obviously, there was a bit of like kerfuffle with like COVID and like shows getting cancelled and things but luckily none of that was uh, any of my planned shows so I actually brought my shows forwards a bit um because I found out that I was able to do this pro qualifier without having to do a regional before yeah. um so that was quite nice I was kind of ready early um and we did that show uh I won my height class again got into the overall was probably third in that overall um based from uh like what Rob thinks and he looks at things subjectively like obviously I'm his client, but he tries to look at it subjectively. And we think I was probably about third in that lineup. Um, so then did the regional the following week and won my, won my class again, which was awesome. It was in the overall again. Um, and yeah, probably like second or third in that overall. Then I had a three week gap and I went to Portugal. Three weeks was okay. I felt like it was good because we knew that to go to international, I needed to be leaner, basically, um, which is a big thing that probably, I don't know, some people might not realise, is the difference between these international shows. Um, I knew I needed to be leaner than sort of in the UK. So we pushed and it was quite nice for that three weeks because we had time. It didn't feel like shit, like we've not got enough time. So, um, yeah, we pushed for that three weeks uh, and I came fourth which yeah was gutting I'd gone off of this high being a successful UK athlete to then being like when I rocked up there I was a bit like oh shit (laughs) backstage I was like messaging Rob I was like these girls are stacked (laughs) (laughs) and going from um, kind of like a one of the more muscular girls in the UK to then feeling like I was like smaller I was like okay <laughs> this is I'm not quite where I want to be yet basically um, because obviously going to these pro qualifier shows I was chasing the card um, that was what I wanted to get so yeah <laughs> so we did that show came forth we were like look reassess you're not there yet and it's shit (laughs) it's a hard pill to swallow um it would be probably easier for someone to just say yeah let's keep going let's keep trying blah 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 blah. but um in the long run it's better to just be like look you're not where you need to be yet so let's have a break and reassess so we did that um 
I reversed really well, which I didn't do um, after my my first season. So I reversed from this uh, prep in 2021 for this sort of mini gap. Um, I definitely found it easier because in my mind, I knew what I was going to compete again that season. I wasn't done. I wasn't ready to call it a day on it. Um, so it wasn't that case of like, oh, stage seems so far away, so I can just eat whatever. I still felt like I was on prep and I very much was quite militant with it. I still had off plan meals, blah, 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 blah. Um, like a weekly off plan meal. So I wasn't on prep, on prep, but I was militant in what I was doing. And um, I was like 100% balls to the wall. Like, I know what I want. I need, this is what I need to do. That whole saying, like, if you want to be a pro, act like one. I was trying to do that. (laughs) That was my motto. And um, yeah, so I reversed really well. We got my food really high. I stayed in relatively good condition, made some awesome progress. And then I remember messaging Rob and saying, um, it was after I'd done a check-in and I was on the stairs um, doing cardio during this like breaky like mini off season bit and um I was like okay what are we doing am I going to prep again or like what do you want me to do and he was like the reality is you need to grow and I started crying on the stairs oh. <laughs> I was like no and um I went and told him I was like I'm not ready to like give up on this like I uh, like I worked so hard everyone works hard but I feel like I've worked so hard I've done this reverse really well I've made some awesome improvements I felt like I'd made some really really good improvements in this period and I was like I will regret if I don't try it again and I would have because I wouldn't have ended up doing all the PCA and all of that jazz um (laughs) so yeah we started prepping again we targeted some shows um, and it was initially was just some international shows that we looked at some European shows um that we were looking at because it's quite nice to do people say like why are you looking at these international shows because generally you're going to have to do a run of shows um it's a long time to one it's a long time to diet down for just one show generally you're gonna have to do more than one like it's not that common to just get the card straight away in your first try kind of have to go off of feedback and improve from show to show so obviously with these international shows there is like one every week so you can go and bounce one la, 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 la. um so yes that's why I had work going abroad um so we planned those and then because I'd reversed so well my prep was so easy and very very smooth the weight was just coming off um which is a massive lesson that I learned and why I'm so hot on it now with my clients um is because I know how how different that prep was compared to the one at the start of the year where I was doing like like much more cardio less food and the weight was not shifting whereas we'd made these we'd make small tweaks my weight would drop off like and I was my cardio um would own the max for me was 50 minutes on the stairs uh fasted whereas I know in my prep before this is obviously all very relative but in my prep before was like probably about an hour fasted and then some post-workout as well, which probably got up to like more than half an hour. So I was considerably less cardio and definitely eating a lot more food. So I just come in really quick, basically. Rob was like, do you want to um, try for some PCA shows? Because he knew that when we'd gone to shows with clients, I was like, it looks like so much fun. Like the atmosphere, the bars, like the music, the pose down. I was like, 
if we can fit one in, I'd really like to do it. So then obviously like PCA came about, um, which was awesome. Sorry, I feel like I'm going on a major tangent here. Like, no, it's fine. Story. I, I know you're almost at the end, but it's, it's it, for listeners to hear, so keep cracking on. Okay, cool. <laughs> Tell me to shut up if I need to shut up. Um, so we went on to PCA. I did three PS- PCA shows. So um, first one was Jersey. So that was actually at two days notice. I flew over to Jersey. Um, we didn't peak for it or anything. I literally did my normal rest day food. Um, and we just went in and um, like I won the overall. It was awesome. My first PCA experience. It was really, really good fun. Uh, came back, did the London show, um, won my class in that, won the overall in that. So that was awesome. That's when I became Madame Two Swords. <laughs> <laughs> I can't claim that. That was my client who came up with that. Um, <laughs> so that happened. And then we had the British finals. And genuinely, hand on heart, I know people probably don't believe me when I say this, but I was went into that and I was like, I'd be buzzing with top three in my class. Like it's the best athletes. Uh, the best PCA athletes who have done probably a lot more PCA shows than me, a lot more experience in PCA shows than me. Um, And I've done two shows um, like with PCA. Um, Obviously I've done very well, but um, I genuinely went into that with no expectations. Um, I just was saying that I would be really happy to make top three. Um, And then I won the class and I was buzzing with that. Um, I got the pro card then as well. And I was buzzing with that. Obviously, that was awesome. Um, and then went into the overall and I genuinely was so shocked, like on the screen recording of it, like you can see me go, what the fuck? <laughs> looking around like me. <laughs> and um, that was the whole PCA thing. So obviously, that was awesome. Such a great experience. Became a PCA pro, which is awesome. Um, and then I went on to my four back-to-back European shows um, where I did one every weekend throughout the whole month of November um, and never placed out of the top three. So I got two second places, one third place and one first place. Um, so that meant that I was in an overall one time um, and yeah, missed out on the card. And obviously that's what I was chasing was the IFBB pro card, which can just, if people don't know, be obtained via the MPC. So not with PCA, it's just just a slightly different, it's just different federation basically. Um, So yeah, that is that. And that's, that's my TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I said be thorough and you certainly were, but I I love it because it's great. I mean, it's great for listeners to hear who maybe perhaps don't know about you. Just really how successful you are. Because, Gives it a bit of like context to for the rest of the Yeah, absolutely. And I think to for first time bikini girls out there, the ones that are listening to this, they will certainly look up to you in the sense of what you've done and and think, I want you know, if I could almost be half as good as Charlotte, then then I'd be happy. But what I guess they're probably wanting me to ask you is really, is there anything anything that you'll see within whether it's working with your clients or say first time bikini girls, some common mistakes that that you maybe see them do that, that you think, you know what, well, maybe if you slightly change this, slightly change that or something that you've done, how could that maybe help them improve their physique or maybe perhaps going into shows and competing this season? What would, you, what would your piece of advice be? So learning to train to failure um, and training properly, um, which I wasn't doing for a long time. Um, if your coach is asking you for form videos, send them form videos. Um, <laughs> my clients they are pestered about it um, 
because this is where you're going to be making improvements to your physique. Um, it's not just a case of like dieting and then suddenly you're going to have these delts um, or glutes appear out of nowhere. Obviously people know this, but I like, I don't think a lot of people really know like the concept behind like training to failure um, as a beginner, as a first timer, it's very different to that whole, like, Oh, I just do three sets of 10 of this exercise. And when I get to 10 reps, I stop, um, which is what I, um, so I'm not, I don't think I'm better than anyone. Cause I used to do that um, as well, 100%. But this is what's going to take your physique to the next level is learning and educating yourself about training properly and training to failure. That would be a major tip. Um, don't underestimate posing. I feel like that's quite a, um, goes without saying now, now I think, but, um, what massively helped me with my posing was lockdown. <laughs> I got up every single day during lockdown. I put my bikini on every morning and I practiced my posing. And I think that showed because my first show, I knew what I was doing and I didn't feel awkward because I'd done it every morning in my bedroom. I just felt like I was doing it again, but I was on stage um, and it just looked natural. It flows nicely. Um, and yeah, you got to put in the work with that just as much as your training and diet. So that's probably my two main sort of tips. Obviously I touched on the fact about having like a bit of a foundation to your physique before you look to compete. Um, a lot of people are understandably eager and keen to kind of get on stage and, and get it done kind of thing not get it done but like they, they want it now um but what's the point in going and making up numbers and not succeeding um I'd rather wait and look better and do better than put in all that time and effort to then be told look you just need more muscle which is a case of more time essentially um so yeah, I think that is probably my main tips. I mean, I think God, we could, if we end the podcast now, and there's three things to take away that were the most valuable piece of information for beginners. It would be those three because yeah. I, I like I'm so glad you said that because I think I was like you years ago as well, and there's be so many people out there listening that are are, are the same, and that we maybe perhaps we stop at ten reps when we could have done fifteen or twelve or whatnot. But the the growth that I see in a coach and clients when they actually go to failure and they send you the training videos is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable, the change. And I think that specifically in females as well, you know, with your guys' superior ability to recover, like the change in like lower body, like specifically in glutes when they train hard and frequently is, is unbelievable. Yeah. 100%. To hear, I think to hear that from an athlete like yourself, it's at the top of their level. I, I hope that that resonates with some of the the first the first timers out there because I mean I don't know if you've seen it as well, but to me, like classes are just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, it is a case of like every class is just getting bigger, isn't it? Um, Would you say that? Have you seen an increase in the in the standard across the board over those couple of years? With the yeah. Class? Yeah, I would say. And um, I feel like definitely because bikini is the most like marketable um, like category generally, isn't it? Even that still is um, getting on the bigger side. Like I know there's a lot of um, like females outside of bodybuilding who like would look at a picture of me and be like, oh, my God. Like I know like my mum when she during lockdown um, when I started training at home, she was like, cause she'd never really like 
because I was very lean because I'd just come out of that prep um and I was obviously just like living in baggy tops and stuff and we suddenly went into lockdown and it was sunny and I was training outside she was like you're so muscly <laughs> like a bit taken aback by it and um and obviously she was like you don't want to get any bigger <laughs> you don't want to get bigger do you? you don't want to go into these bigger classes do you and I was like no like I'm happy in bikini but um yeah definitely definitely getting bigger across the board um I would say across all federations as well I think yeah and I think you know you touched on obviously you've, you've got quite a lot of experience competing abroad as well and I think you mentioned in your in your sort of um TED talk shall we say that the the sort of the standard of girls internationally is that they're a little bit bigger and I know that they'll they'll be yes there'll be some first timers out there listening but I know there'll be some experienced girls who look up to you and are maybe a not not the same level, but you know, level perhaps just below. And they're maybe thinking about, okay, I've done some UK shows and I'd love to compete abroad. I've got a couple of clients that I know that they say they would love to compete abroad. But what I'd love for you to kind of go into is maybe perhaps just a little bit of discussion of what was the standard like? You know, was there did you feel any sort of pressures going into them? Or if there, if someone is feeling pressure, you know, if have you got any advice to them? You know, some girls or guys maybe freak out about the travel and the stress and oh my God, I'm going to hold water and things. So any any sort of advice about that jump from the UK shows to international ones? Yeah, totally. So I the way that I describe the like difference in terms of the standard is especially because generally if you're going abroad, it's for a pro qualifier. So think about everyone who is invited to PCA finals or everyone who's invited to the two bros finals, British finals. So the best of the best. Uh, from every European country and they're there and they're trying to win a pro card (laughs) so it's like that Um, it's the the top athletes from their country and they're yeah chasing the card so that's why the standard is so much higher I feel Um, in terms of advice um, regarding uh, pressures I very much like to keep my cards against my chest now because I find not that I think anyone gives a shit about what I'm doing in terms of when I'm competing, like, oh, when is she competing? I don't, I don't think that at all. But personally, I just like show day to be very normal for me and not have um I, I struggled initially to try and explain this to people about why I was not being public about it um when I was competing without sounding like a dickhead. <laughs> but I um I just like to literally crack on with doing client work in the morning. I don't like to have people telling me good luck. And like before the first um, pro qualifier that I did at the very start of 2021, um, I was uh, open about when I was what I was doing when I was competing. And um, I had uh, like a lot of clients telling, wishing me good luck, which is so nice and totally appreciated. And I love, love, love the support. So it's not a case of that. I just then suddenly felt a lot of pressure Um, and it was a case of me putting it on myself. So it was my issue. Um, But I like to keep, yeah, I like to just keep it on the down low. People obviously know and can see as your prep progresses, you're getting leaner, you must be competing at some point. Um, But I just prefer to kind of just crack on. I like the day of show day to be very normal. Um, I do find that when I get stressed, uh, I hold water and it affects how I look. Um, so I like it to just be as normal as possible. I literally do client work in the morning, chill out, do my makeup, do my hair, go. Tell people about it after. <laughs> yeah. 
um, which would be my main bit of advice if you do struggle with feeling pressure uh, in terms of traveling um, and sort of stressing about like that. It's just a case of being organized, um, making lists, <laughs> getting yourself ahead of the game in terms of like your packing and things. So it's not last minute. Um, personally as well, I found that I preferred when we started my carb up when I landed and after I landed. So, um, for one of the shows we had, I'd already reached condition that I needed to be in and we'd started just pushing up my food and pushing up my food and, um, my weight was still just maintaining or like dropping and whatnot fluctuations sort of during peak week. And then we flew and I just felt very watery. Um, It definitely um, like it went away by show day and was fine, but um, it just fucked with your head. (laughs) It probably was more just prep brain, to be honest. But um, I personally preferred carving up once I had landed. So generally for the the three other um, international shows after the first one, we would uh, just be like depleting a bit. And then once I literally, once I'd land, we would then start carb loading um, after then. So obviously that's kind of dependent on your coach, but, um, and and how your body responds is is personal, isn't it? But that's what I found, which I thought was quite interesting. So I know some people say it doesn't affect them. I know Babs, um, Babs, who's the manager of LRF and IFBB Pro, if people don't know, um, look her up. (laughs) She actually says that she always feels leaner and dries out after she flies. So it's just very person dependent, really. Um, but yes, I think that answered the question. Yeah, you know, I actually, actually really love what you said about the like keeping your cards against your chest, and it, it, I guess it doesn't need to be a social media blackout, but not telling people what you're doing, I think, would be a, a great thing to do because last year, I think I said this on a podcast about what my prep, I felt an enormous amount of pressure that I put upon myself, yeah, to do well because I was very open with these are the shows I'm doing, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I'm going to try and aim for. And, you know, it, it can, as you said, affect the look. And yeah. we live in such a social media-driven world that, and I've done it before, you spend like literally an hour and a half on your phone just replying to people saying, thanks, 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 thanks. About and it bubbles up and it builds up. And you got, as well, you've got people saying, you're going to win, you're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And it's obviously, like, this is why I was saying I struggle to not sound like a dick when I'm trying to explain it, because it's not that I don't appreciate that, and it's not that I don't love that people believe in me, and it's awesome to have that, but um, I just prefer to just get in the zone and crack on with it. Yeah, no, 100%, because everybody obviously wishes you well, but a lot of people that, that you maybe get, like, say, I would say, like, um, there's a like a place in Dundee called Stobswell and no bodybuilders live there and it's maybe a, a different sort of clientele live there. I would say it's like Sheila from Stobswell who knows nothing about bodybuilding saying you're going to win the whole fucking thing yeah. <laughs> and you're like Sheila no just chill out <laughs> you know what I mean um, yeah, 100%. 100% I think that personally probably going into any future preps I do I'll probably take your advice um, because I've always talked about it but really the shows that I've kind of enjoyed the most is ones where I've just like, it's maybe your third, fourth show in a row. So not, not many people message you saying good luck. Cause they're like, well, fuck you just, you've done this for a mix yeah. weeks. But yeah, I definitely think I would take that, that piece of advice on board. If there, if there was anything, I think that's a pretty golden nugget for any bikini girls out there because 
again, well, it's not just beginning as guys and girls, we put this yeah. pressure on ourselves to do well because we all want to win. You yeah. Know, yourself, you're, you're flying across the world to, to win and it's a, you've had a huge success. And I think that you probably don't realise just how good you are, but it's because you have a desire to be even better. And that's what I think, you know, people will respect about you as an athlete and can look up to your perseverance on trying to chase your IFBB Pro card, which I have no doubt she'll you'll attain this year. Um, sorry, I'm going off a little bit of a tangent. I'm going to come back. No, that's cool. If we stick with the the sort of the international international shows, we know that in bikini, the judges are looking for a lot of gloop, hammy, adductor, delt, etc. Now, this step up that we're thinking from the UK shows to international. There might be some some women out there thinking, right, well, do I need to change my training or do I just need to kind of like be patient, keep doing what I'm doing and just grow? Um, so any advice for those girls out there that are doing that? You know, for example, when when you began to compete internationally, did your training change much at all? It, it maybe didn't, but if, you know, would there be any advice to anyone out there who's, again, thinking about making this leap? Or would you say, actually, well, speak to your coach first, see what's happening, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so I wouldn't say that my uh, training changed much because it's just a case of really more of what you got. Like you just need more of what you got going on at the moment. So with that obviously just takes time. Um, so I wouldn't say that my training uh, changed um, in terms of like volume or like um, weights and rep ranges and things like that. It was just a case of we just need more. So just keep training hard, keep eating um and just keep yeah ticking the boxes daily which obviously ultimately accumulative hopefully we're going to be gaining some muscle tissue there <laughs> but yeah no major change um to like the structure of my uh plans or anything obviously it has changed now um because i just need my lower body to catch up with my upper body so now um in a, in case anyone is interested i just do, it's more like a wellness split to be honest um so I do it's like a 10-day rolling split where I do legs <laughs> brace yourself legs rest lower upper my one upper session um rest legs rest glutes and delts and then a double rest day and start it again so that's just kind of going off of obviously you got to listen to the feedback that you're getting um my feedback was that my delts are more on the bigger side, which obviously we, I, we knew. Um, but to give myself that balance, and um, which bikini is all about, that golden word balance, um, I just need to bring up more of my lower body. So, yeah. Um, but that wasn't really a case of sort of fitting for international shows. That's just kind of in general because I got that feedback in the UK as well. Yeah. Yeah. And one of my female coaches I work alongside, Clara, says has said to me multiple times she'd kill to have your delts so if there's anyone out there listening especially bikini girls that don't know don't know the size chart well just head, head over to her instagram page and, and check out the size of them but uh, thank you <laughs> you also uh, to touch on what you'd kind of said on the podcast you, you really hammered home the importance of posing and i think in a lot of shows you can really really tell you know if you look at the the first timers class or, or the juniors class or whatever who's putting the work in and who's not. Now, as you've obviously worked your way up through the ranks, that that importance is probably like doubled or 10 or, or whatever it is because of the standard of athletes. You guys are all pretty fucking jacked. 
right? You've all got depth <laughs> bigger than me. Um, so, but if we if we were to just bring it down to the the sort of the first timers, the beginners, the first season, second season, is there any sort of top tips you would give to to them? I, I know that obviously the word practice practice is out there, but anything that advice you can give, maybe from your own you know own clients working with them or whatnot um, across multiple federations, because that's what people do now, right? Um, yeah. Or would it just be a case of just just practice, 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 because I always like what I've said or what I see is that the best posers tend to win. Yeah, you've got to be able to show off your physique. Like you can have the best people say all the time, you can have the best physique ever, but if you can't showcase it, what's the point? Um, and that's a massive shame to have worked so hard on your physique, but to have treated the posing as a substitute uh, or as like a down on down on your priority list, because it should be very much top of the priority list. Um as soon as you know you want to compete, start posing. Yep, you're going to feel awkward. It's going to feel weird. That's that's how it is. Um, I always say it is a case of practice and it's a case of learning. Um, when when like a, a footballer doesn't just instantly know how to score a goal, like when there's like a world class like defenders, you know what I mean. So how can you expect to go from not knowing? what I pose is like not knowing what front pose is to like being able to do it all and be running smoothly without putting in the work. Like it's, it's yeah, it's just an accumulative thing. So as soon as you know, you want to compete, I would start posing. Um, even if that is literally just you looking on YouTube, looking at other competitors. And once you've looked at that a bit, then get some lessons, um, really drill it home, drill, treat it like drills, um and schedule it in as part of your routine um because it's very easy to say oh, i'll do a bit here and there and it doesn't get done so schedule it in stick to it have it as a non-negotiable you wouldn't cheat on your diet on prep so or you wouldn't not do your cardio so why would you not do your posing um another thing that i get people to do which they hate <laughs> is to practice posing just on the gym floor between sets, um, not in heels, um, just to pose in front of people because it's very, very different going from being in a box, posing room, anywhere, home, posing, turning the sass on, doing your hair flicks to then, oh shit, I've got to do that in front of people. And um, it, I, I found that it helped me doing it on the gym floor. You don't want to look at anyone though. <laughs> you want to look in the mirror lock in on yourself in the mirror and don't look at Gary who's over there on yeah. the like shoulder press yeah. looking at you like what's she doing um just look at yourself and go through your posing because you need to feel comfortable doing it in front of people I remember the first time that some one of my friends was like at the gym and she was like oh like let me watch you pose and I was like what do you mean like she come <laughs> into the posing room and I suddenly was like oh my god like yeah. this is weird so then I was like look I need to do this in front of other people because it is very very different um so that is a top tip that I do actually make people do and they don't like me for doing it <laughs> oh but you're you're right because where else were they going to get that experience until yeah. it, to, to show day because you've maybe seen it before that I will say, I will say clients especially first timers I'm like right we'll pick two or three shows and the first one let's face it you're going to be like Bambi and headlights and yeah you know, you're nervous when they call your name and not not say trip, but, you know, feel yeah. like, oh my God, I didn't walk as elegantly or I didn't 
you know, pop this, pop that, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But what you just said, actually, I feel is a, is a pretty good tool. It's something that I, as I as a coach, wouldn't have thought of that, of suggesting that. Whereas now, thank you, Charlotte, I'm going to suggest Sorry. that. <laughs> yeah, use it, use it. Um, because when, like, when else are you going to get the opportunity to make yourself, like, not in a bad way, but make yourself feel that uncomfortable until show day? Um, so it's good to have that, like, uncomfortable feeling um, in order to progress and grow and, and actually be better on stage. And um, I did that with Leanne and she hated me, <laughs> but um, she got it done. And I suppose it, it even is harder if you're doing it in like a commercial gym, if you're training in a commercial gym, but you still got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, 100%. I guess the one thing that perhaps they won't, they maybe won't get is that that stage presence that comes from just competing multiple times. Now, everyone out there wants to nail every single variable, they're training, they're posing, whatnot. If there was a way that you could, you know, whether it's we talk about stage presence or, or SAS or whatnot, that doesn't come naturally to, to some some people that want to compete out there. Are, you know, are you naturally sassy? Is it something you found pretty easy? If they have clients that aren't sassy and whatnot, is there any tips you can sort of give to them? So I come from a bit of a background of dance and being on stage, um, which certainly helped me. Um, I, I have I had been on stage before. Um, like singing dancing all that jazz so that definitely helped me um from some like in comparison to someone who's might have actually never been on stage before like apart from their child nativity at school like some people that is the case and they're like I don't actually know what it's like to be on stage um and that obviously is very daunting I am an advocate of fake it till you make it <laughs> and um if Putting on a certain type of music whilst you practice your posing helps you get that sass out, get that going on. Um, the way that I also describe it to um, and use this kind of analogy, I think that's the right word, is when if you're out back in the day in the club, you're in the club and um, a girl walks in and she walks straight through the dance floor and goes straight to the bar. Everyone turns their head like that at her. You want to be that girl. Yeah. Pretend you're that girl. And that really helps me. <laughs> when I had lessons with, um, I first started learning my first posing with Kerry Sexton, um, who's IFBB pro bikini um, athlete. And she told me to in my head because it very much comes across if, if in your head you're like I don't like this I feel awkward no 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 it comes across um so in my head she taught me to say bitch I am here and bitch I'm here you're gonna look at me I've worked hard for this and I'm not gonna let my nerves or my lack of confidence in myself show because we got to look confident. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that analogy. I think next time I'm on stage hitting the front double, I will remember that. <laughs> Bitch, I'm here. These sort of little things, these tips, they they can't come from, you know, myself as a male coach. I'm not, you know, I, I haven't got, as much as I like to think, I don't have any sass. My sass level <laughs> is zero, right? So, the, the, you know, talking to athletes like yourself um, and, and getting those tips for a friend out there listening, I think is huge, hugely valuable. Um, one thing I always like to sort of finish up with a podcast, this doesn't need to do with, with to be with bodybuilding. And if you want to go off on a tangent and get really deep, by all means, please do. I'd love to hear it. But I always like to ask people on the podcast, what is the biggest lesson they have maybe perhaps learned 
in life and you know from that situation scenario whatever it is is there anything out there that you what advice you want to give to someone listening um that would maybe just give them a sort of uh, a bit of an impact at the end of the episode yeah so biggest lesson that i've learned is to just trust the timing um of things um you can be the hardest worker in the room and still not get what you're aiming for and what you're achieving for that doesn't mean that you didn't work as hard it just means that it's not like it's not you're just not ready for you yet kind of thing um which obviously is relating to bodybuilding and obviously the fact that I did those shows worked my ass off knew that I gave it 100% and didn't get the card and felt like a massive failure um because I didn't get what I wanted uh which sounds like the child friend there dummy out of the pram I didn't get what I wanted but um yeah it's just about trusting the timing and knowing that you're on the path to it uh kind of thing and that can be relating to anything business work um and obviously competing just trust the timing and just keep ticking the boxes and putting in the work if if that's what you're wanting to do and aiming to do then yeah those little accumulation like accumulative things will all amount up to eventually getting there yeah that's great man i think that 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 still relates to to someone who's wanting to compete one day but they're maybe not quite there yet they're maybe not ready but they're training as hard as the, the the athletes like yourself at the top they're they're at the very start and the eagerness to compete now is is so high but you'll probably get it as well how many people come to you want to compete this year and you say you probably got to go next year or the year after yeah yeah and you feel like you're squashing someone's dream and it feels really sad um but you know that it's for the like the better like yeah 100 and if there was if there was an example of, of perseverance resilience uh you know and being driven towards your goal uh, i think it would be yourself you know, with with how much you are have success with your last year, you you, you continue to go for it, go for it, go for it. And this year, you know, you're you're going at it again. And I, I very much look forward to watching it all unfold. But for anyone out there who's listening, who's you know, they've loved hearing you talk, they want to know about you, they want to reach out. And um, could you just drop your sort of instant here where they can get in touch with you? Maybe they want to get your coaching or whatnot, so they could could, could uh, yeah get in touch with you. Sure thing. So it's Shaw. Um, underscore team L R F. That's my Instagram handle. Fab. So, yeah. Fab. But no, listen, massive thank you from myself and everyone at Give It the Beans for coming on. Um, it was an episode that I was asked to do by a few, a few, few, quite a few people when I would say, you know, who do you want a guest on? Um, and I'm sure they are looking to see your success and ever, like inevitably success this year. So I think when I speak for myself uh, and, you're, and you, that whatever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.